Mormon chapter 7. It is difficult to imagine a human being contemplating a more dismal prospect for the future than that which confronted Mormon at this particular time. He had witnessed the end of the entire Nephite civilization and the closing of an epoch in American history which had become a horrible and terrifying experience. Mormon therefore decided to focus his attention on the distant future. There at least one might find a measure of hope. And now behold, I would speak somewhat unto the remnant of this people who are spared. If it so be that God may give unto them my words, that they may know of the things of their fathers, yea, I speak unto you, ye remnant of the house of Israel, and these are the words which I speak. Know ye that ye are of the house of Israel. Notice that he's going to address a, quote, remnant of this people, unquote. This remnant would be a mixture of Lamanites, Nephites, and Mulekites, but he wants them to remember that regardless of their various branches, they are all children of Israel. Know ye that ye must come unto repentance, or ye cannot be saved. Know ye that ye must lay down your weapons of war, and delight no more in the shedding of blood, and take them not again, save it be that God shall command you. Mormon has no intention of pampering or coddling them. When they receive his writings, if they ever do, they will no doubt be in a state of abject apostasy. So he strikes a blow straight to the chin and says, unless they repent, there is no possible way they can be saved. He especially emphasizes that repentance includes giving up murder and the shedding of blood. Know ye that ye must come to the knowledge of your fathers, and repent of all your sins and iniquities, and believe in Jesus Christ, that he is the Son of God, and that he was slain by the Jews. And by the power of the Father he hath risen again, whereby he hath gained the victory over the grave. And also in him is the sting of death swallowed up, and he bringeth to pass the resurrection of the dead, whereby man must be raised to stand before his judgment seat. And he hath brought to pass the redemption of the world, whereby he that is found guiltless before him at the judgment day hath it given unto him to dwell in the presence of God in his kingdom to sing ceaseless praises with the choirs above unto the Father and unto the Son and unto the Holy Ghost, which are one God, in a state of happiness which hath no end. Once they have started down the pathway of repentance, there is a lot they have to learn. They must begin with the knowledge of their own history. They must learn about Jesus Christ who died, that all men might be resurrected just as he was. They must also learn about the great plan of salvation, whereby Christ was crucified, that through his suffering the bowels of mercy might provide the redemption needed to return each child of God to the presence of the Father to enjoy peace and happiness forever. Therefore repent 
and be baptized in the name of Jesus, and lay hold upon the gospel of Christ, which shall be set before you, not only in this record, but also in the record which shall come unto the Gentiles from the Jews, which record shall come from the Gentiles unto you. Of course, how will these woeful apostates know about these great gospel truths unless someone teaches them? Mormon therefore urges them to study the record he is leaving behind, and also the record which the Gentiles will bring from the Jews. They will both testify of the same great truths, and so if they believe one, they can have equal confidence in believing the other. For behold, this is written for the intent that ye may believe that. And if ye believe that, ye will believe this also. And if ye believe this, ye will know concerning your fathers, and also the marvelous works which were wrought by the power of God among them. And ye will also know that ye are a remnant of the seed of Jacob, therefore ye are numbered among the people of the first covenant. And if it so be that ye believe in Christ and are baptized first with water, then with fire and with the Holy Ghost, following the example of our Savior, according to that which he hath commanded us, it shall be well with you in the day of judgment. Amen. Mormon wants them to remember that they are the seed of Jacob, so they belong to the first covenant which God made with Abraham. That covenant pointed toward the coming of Christ, so they should be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and receive the Holy Ghost in order that all will be well with them at the great last judgment. You have just read the last words Mormon will ever write. He was hunted down by the Lamanites and killed shortly after these words were written. Mormon Chapter 8 Without any advance notice, the first three verses of this chapter come as a sudden shock to the reader. They tell us that Mormon, the great historian and compiler of the Book of Mormon, has turned his high calling over to his son Moroni to complete the record. We learn a lot more from these verses. Behold, I, Moroni, do finish the record of my father Mormon. Behold, I have but few things to write, which things I have been commanded by my father. And now it came to pass that after the great and tremendous battle at Comorah, behold, the Nephites who had escaped into the country southward were hunted by the Lamanites until they were all destroyed. And my father also was killed by them. And I even remain alone to write the sad tale of the destruction of my people. But behold, they are gone, and I fulfill the commandment of my father, and whether they will slay me, I know not. After the great battle of Cumorah, the Lamanites set out to fulfill their passionate zeal to slay every Nephite in the land who would not join them. Apparently some did join them, others fled southward trying to escape. Therefore I will write and hide up the records in the earth, and whither I go it mattereth not, 
Behold, my father hath made this record, and he hath written the intent thereof. And behold, I would write it also, if I had room upon the plates, but I have not. And or I have none, for I am alone. My father hath been slain in battle, and all my kinsfolk. And I have not friends, nor whither to go. And how long the Lord will suffer that I may live, I know not. Behold, four hundred years have passed away since the coming of our Lord and Savior. We even learned that the mighty Mormon had been killed, and except for Moroni, this included all of the twenty-four who had survived the Camorra massacre. The fact that Moroni says he is now alone, and that it is 401 A.D., would suggest that his father may have been killed rather recently, and being alone is a great trial to Moroni. The fact that he and his father were together in the not-too-distant past is suggested by verse 11, where Moroni says the three translated disciples of Jesus ministered to both of them. One of the saddest lamentations in the entire Book of Mormon is Moroni's expression of grief when he says, quote, My father has been slain in battle, and all my kinsfolk, and I have not friends, nor whither to go, unquote. Where is his wife and children, and all their friends? Where are the ten thousand valiant Nephites that were under Moroni's immediate command? They're all dead. Even his beloved father Mormon was killed. You can tell that Moroni felt he was the loneliest man in the world. He is also very frustrated. He feels there is a lot of writing to be done, but he has run out of space on the plates and has no ore to make more plates. His father had promised to translate the book of Ether, containing the history of the Jaredites, but he was killed before he could do it. Since Moroni has the Urim and Thummim, he could do that translating, but of course that would require ore to make more plates. Little does he know what will happen in the not-too-distant future. And behold, the Lamanites have hunted my people, the Nephites, down from city to city and from place to place, even until they are no more. And great has been their fall, yea, great and marvelous is the destruction of my people, the Nephites. And behold, it is the hand of the Lord which hath done it, and behold, also the Lamanites are at war one with another, and the whole face of this land is one continual round of murder and bloodshed, and no one knoweth the end of the war. Now, behold, I say no more concerning them, for there are none save it be the Lamanites and robbers that do exist upon the face of the land. Moroni now adds a most significant detail. Once the Nephites were all slain, one would have thought the Lamanites would have settled down and reveled in their great victory, but not so. They turned on one another. It appears that the Gadianton robbers were determined to become the new rulers of the land, and so there was murder and bloodshed to determine who the new rulers would be now that the Nephites were destroyed. And there are none that do know the true God, save it be the disciples of Jesus, 
who did tarry in the land until the wickedness of the people was so great that the Lord would not suffer them to remain with the people. And whether they be upon the face of the land, no man knoweth. But behold, my father and I have seen them, and they have ministered unto us. In his loneliness, Moroni wonders about the only other righteous inhabitants that might exist on this continent. He is thinking of the three translated disciples who had ministered to himself and his father. But Moroni does not know what has happened to the three Nephites. He speculates that because of the total depravity of the people, the Lord may have taken them completely out of the land. Of course, Joseph Smith learned in modern times that translated beings such as these three disciples of Jesus do not live on the earth, but keep returning after each administration to a more refined planet such as the one where the people of Enoch lived. This entire subject is discussed by Joseph Smith in The History of the Church, Volume 4, pages 209 to 210. And whoso receiveth this record, and shall not condemn it, because of the imperfections which are in it, the same shall know of greater things than these. Behold, I am Moroni, and were it possible, I would make all things known unto you. Behold, I make an end of speaking concerning this people. I am the son of Mormon and my father was a descendant of Nephi. For some reason Moroni is sensitive about the possibility that this record may contain some imperfections. He seems to be referring to the incompleteness of the account rather than any defects in the textual structure. In any event, he says he is not going to write any more about the Nephites and Lamanites, but closes his account by telling us he is the son of Mormon and his father is a descendant of Nephi. And I am the same who hideth up this record unto the Lord. The plates thereof are of no worth because of the commandment of the Lord, for he truly saith that no one shall have them to get gain, but the record thereof is of great worth. And whoso shall bring it to light, him will the Lord bless, for none can have power to bring it to light save it be given him of God. For God wills that it shall be done with an eye single to his glory, or the welfare of the ancient and long-dispersed covenant people of the Lord. And blessed be he that shall bring this thing to light, for it shall be brought out of darkness unto light according to the word of God, yea, it shall be brought out of the earth, and it shall shine forth out of darkness, and come unto the knowledge of the people, and it shall be done by the power of God. Because the Nephites made their records on gold plates, Moroni is concerned lest the value of the metal may be more intriguing to those who received them in the latter days, than the history they contain. In fact, when the resurrected Moroni appeared to the boy Joseph Smith and told him to meet him on the hill Cumorah to see the plates, young Joseph could not help but think what a glorious thing it would be 
to have the precious gold plates in their home. Joseph really got a severe scolding from Moroni when he met the angel on the hill. Moroni said he must never let such thoughts come into his mind again. This chastising of Joseph is covered by B.H. Roberts in the Comprehensive History of the Church, Volume 1, pages 77 to 78. And if there be faults, they be the faults of a man. But behold, we know no fault. Nevertheless, God knoweth all things. Therefore he that condemneth, let him be aware, lest he shall be in danger of hell fire. Moroni now refers back to chapter 12 to emphasize that any faults that might be found in this book must be attributed to the faults of man, and that anyone who contemptibly rejects this book will be in danger of hell fire. And he that saith, Show unto me, or ye shall be smitten, let him beware, lest he commandeth that which is forbidden of the Lord. For behold, the same that judgeth rashly shall be judged rashly again. For according to his works shall his wages be. Therefore he that smiteth shall be smitten again of the Lord. Behold what the scripture says. Man shall not smite, neither shall he judge. For judgment is mine, saith the Lord and vengeance is mine also, and I will repay. Moroni also says that any person who tries to use physical violence to force Joseph to show him the plates will be smitten by the Lord. And he that shall breathe out wrath and strifes against the work of the Lord and against the covenant people of the Lord who are the house of Israel, and shall say, We will destroy the work of the Lord, and the Lord will not remember his covenant which he hath made unto the house of Israel. The same is in danger to be hewn down and cast into the fire. For the eternal purposes of the Lord shall roll on, until all his promises shall be fulfilled. Search the prophecies of Isaiah. Behold, I cannot write them. Yea, behold, I say unto you, that those saints who have gone before me who have possessed this land, shall cry. Yea, even from the dust will they cry unto the Lord. And as the Lord liveth, he will remember the covenant which he hath made with them. Moroni says the message of the Nephite record shall speak from the dust, and none can prevent it. And he knoweth their prayers, that they were in behalf of their brethren. And he knoweth their faith, for in his name could they remove mountains, and in his name could they cause the earth to shake. And by the power of his word did they cause prisons to tumble to the earth, yea, even the fiery furnace could not harm them, neither wild beasts nor poisonous serpents, because of the power of his word. The saints of ages past who earnestly prayed for the coming forth of these records were righteous men who abounded in the midst of marvelous miracles, and they knew God would fulfill his word. And behold, their prayers were also in behalf of him that the Lord should suffer to bring these things forth. And no one need say they shall not come, or they surely shall, for the Lord hath spoken it. For out of the earth shall they come by the hand of the Lord, and none can stay it. 
And it shall come in a day when it shall be said that miracles are done away, and it shall come even as if one should speak from the dead. And it shall come in a day when the blood of saints shall cry unto the Lord because of secret combinations and the works of darkness. Moroni knew about the satanical forces that would try to prevent this work from coming forth in the latter days. There would be secret combinations and works of darkness. As the saints of the latter days were driven from Kirtland to Missouri and from Missouri to Nauvoo and from Nauvoo to the Rocky Mountains, with 6,000 men, women, and children being buried on the plains, they learned the cruel and literal reality of Moroni's words. Yea, it shall come in a day when the power of God shall be denied, and churches become defiled and be lifted up in the pride of their hearts. Yea, even in a day when leaders of churches and teachers shall rise in the pride of their hearts, even to the envying of them who belong to their churches. Moroni said that the leaders of apostate churches would be among the mobsters and persecutors of the saints. Yea, it shall come in a day when there shall be heard of fires and tempests and vapors of smoke in foreign lands, and there shall also be heard of wars, rumors of wars, and earthquakes in divers places. Yea, it shall come in a day when there shall be great pollutions upon the face of the earth. There shall be murders, and robbing, and lying, and deceivings, and whoredoms, and all manner of abominations. When there shall be many who will say, Do this, or do that, and it mattereth not, for the Lord will uphold such at the last day. But woe unto such, for they are in the gall of bitterness and in the bonds of iniquity. In a moment Moroni will tell us how he happened to know so much about the wickedness and wars and terrible pollutions on the face of the earth in the latter days. From his writings it is apparent that the vision of it all which crowded upon his mind almost overwhelmed him. Yea, it shall come in a day when there shall be churches built up that shall say, Come unto me, and for your money you shall be forgiven of your sins. O ye wicked and perverse and stiff-necked people, why have ye built up churches unto yourselves to get gain? Why have ye transfigured the holy word of God? that ye might bring damnation upon your souls. Behold, look ye unto the revelations of God. For behold, the time cometh at that day when all these things must be fulfilled. It seemed particularly revolting to Moroni that the churches of the latter days would be involved in the persecution of the saints. Behold, the Lord hath shown unto me great and marvelous things concerning that which must shortly come. At that day when these things shall come forth among you, behold, I speak unto you as if ye were present, and yet ye are not. But behold, Jesus Christ hath shown you unto me, and I know your doing. Moroni wants future generations to know he is not exaggerating as he describes what he has written.
He has seen a vision of modern America with pride, envying strifes, and abominable iniquities abounding among the people. And I know that ye do walk in the pride of your hearts. And there are none, save a few only, who do not lift themselves up in the pride of their hearts, unto the wearing of very fine apparel, unto envying, and strifes, and malice, and persecutions, and all manner of iniquities, and your churches, yea, even every one, have become polluted because of the pride of your hearts. For behold, ye do love money, and your substance, and your fine apparel, and the adorning of your churches, more than ye love the poor, and the needy, the sick, and the afflicted. O ye pollutions, ye hypocrites, ye teachers, who sell yourselves for that which will canker! Why have ye polluted the holy church of God? Why are ye ashamed to take upon you the name of Christ? Why do ye not think that greater is the value of an endless happiness than that misery which never dies because of the praise of the world? Why do ye adorn yourselves with that which hath no life, and yet suffer the hungry and the needy and the naked and the sick and the afflicted to pass by you and notice them not? Moroni was apparently shown the world of that generation when the gospel would be restored. He was impressed by the great contrast between the rich and the poor. We wonder what he would have said if he had been shown conditions a century later with the sky full of planes and the ground teeming with millions of automobiles. In our own day, there has probably never been so much opulence in the midst of so much wickedness. Yea, why do ye build up your secret abominations to get gain, and cause that widows should mourn before the Lord, and also orphans to mourn before the Lord, and also the blood of their fathers and their husbands to cry unto the Lord from the ground for vengeance upon your heads? Behold, the sword of vengeance hangeth over you, and the time soon cometh that he avengeth the blood of the saints upon you, for he will not suffer their cries any longer. But even in the day shown to Moroni, he saw a disgraceful neglect of the poor by the rich, and he said it would not be long before the sword of God's vengeance would cleanse America and set up a new order of things. Mormon Chapter 9 Moroni apparently knew that one of the most disgraceful characteristics of the latter days would be the flood of atheism and disdain for a belief in Christ which would prevail upon the earth. So he addresses this last chapter to them. And now, I speak also concerning those who do not believe in Christ. Behold, will ye believe in the day of your visitation? Behold, when the Lord shall come, yea, even that great day when the earth shall be rolled together as a scroll, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, yea, in that great day when ye shall be brought to stand before the Lamb of God, then will ye say that there is no God? Then will ye longer deny the Christ? Or can ye behold the Lamb of God? Do ye suppose that ye shall dwell with him 
under a consciousness of your guilt? Do ye suppose that ye could be happy to dwell with that holy being? When your souls are racked with a consciousness of guilt, that ye have ever abused his laws, behold, I say unto you, that ye would be more miserable to dwell with a holy and just God, under a consciousness of your filthiness before him, than ye would to dwell with the damned souls in hell. Moroni thinks these non-believers need to be challenged. He continues in the same forceful spirit. For behold, when ye shall be brought to see your nakedness before God, and also the glory of God, and the holiness of Jesus Christ, it will kindle a flame of unquenchable fire upon you. O then ye unbelieving, turn ye unto the Lord, cry mightily unto the Father in the name of Jesus, that perhaps ye may be found spotless, pure, fair, and white, having been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb at that great and last day. Moroni chastises those who do not believe in a God who can reveal his will to men. And again I speak unto you who deny the revelations of God, and say that they are done away, that there are no revelations, nor prophecies, nor gifts, nor healing, nor speaking with tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. Behold, I say unto you, He that denieth these things knoweth not the gospel of Christ. Yea, he has not read the scriptures. If so, he does not understand them. For do we not read that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever? And in him there is no variableness, neither shadow of changing. And now if ye have imagined up unto yourselves a God who doth vary, and in whom there is shadow of changing, then have ye imagined up unto yourselves a God who is not a God of miracles. But behold, I will show unto you a God of miracles, even the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And it is that same God who created the heavens and the earth, and all things that in them are. Now Moroni wants to outline the great cycle of human existence. First the creation, then the fall. This culminates in death, then the resurrection, and finally the great judgment, where each individual receives what he deserves, happiness or misery. Behold, he created Adam, and by Adam came the fall of man. And because of the fall of man came Jesus Christ, even the Father and the Son, and because of Jesus Christ came the redemption of man. And because of the redemption of man, which came by Jesus Christ, they are brought back into the presence of the Lord. Yea, this is wherein all men are redeemed, because the death of Christ bringeth to pass the resurrection, which bringeth to pass a redemption from an endless sleep, from which sleep all men shall be awakened by the power of God, when the trump shall sound, and they shall come forth, both small and great, and all shall stand before his bar. 
being redeemed and loosed from this eternal band of death, which death is a temporal death. Now Moroni challenges those who do not believe that God is capable of performing great miracles. And then cometh the judgment of the Holy One upon them. And then cometh the time that he that is filthy shall be filthy still, and he that is righteous shall be righteous still. He that is happy shall be happy still, and he that is unhappy shall be unhappy still. And now, all ye that have imagined up unto yourselves a God who can do no miracles, I would ask of you, have all these things passed of which I have spoken? Has the end come yet? Behold, I say unto you, Nay. And God has not ceased to be a God of miracles. Behold, are not the things that God hath wrought marvelous in our eyes? Yea, and who can comprehend the marvelous works of God? Who shall say that it was not a miracle, that by his word the heaven and the earth should be? And by the power of his word man was created of the dust of the earth. And by the power of his word have miracles been wrought? And who shall say that Jesus Christ did not many mighty miracles? And there were many mighty miracles wrought by the hands of the apostles. And if there were miracles wrought then, why has God ceased to be a God of miracles and yet be an unchangeable being? And behold, I say unto you, he changeth not. If so, he would cease to be God. And he ceaseth not to be God and is a God of miracles. Here Moroni makes reference to the fact that God cannot be a vacillating, changing personality, or he would lose the confidence of the vast legions of intelligences in the universe. And if he lost their support, he would lose his power and cease to be God. We discussed this amazing doctrine in connection with the atonement in Alma chapter 34. Moroni says that when miracles cease among the people, it is because of unbelief. Miracles are for believers, not doubters. And the reason why he ceaseth to do miracles among the children of men is because that they dwindle in unbelief and depart from the right way and know not the God in whom they should trust. Behold, I say unto you, that whoso believeth in Christ, doubting nothing, whatsoever he shall ask the Father in the name of Christ, it shall be granted him. And this promise is unto all, even unto the ends of the earth. Moroni wants the reader in the latter days to consider the great mandate which Jesus gave to all his leading disciples. For behold, Thus said Jesus Christ, the Son of God, unto his disciples who should tarry, yea, and also to all his disciples, in the hearing of the multitude, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature, and he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe, in my name shall they cast out devils, 
They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And whosoever shall believe in my name, doubting nothing, unto him will I confirm all my words, even unto the ends of the earth. And now, behold, who can stand against the works of the Lord? Who can deny his sayings? Who will rise up against the almighty power of the Lord? Who will despise the works of the Lord? Who will despise the children of Christ? Behold, all ye who are despisers of the works of the Lord, for ye shall wonder and perish. Moroni now addresses those doubters who think that they can do away with the mighty powers of God just because they despise his works. O oh, then, despise not, and wonder not, but hearken unto the words of the Lord, and ask the Father in the name of Jesus for what things soever ye shall stand in need. Doubt not, but be believing, and begin as in times of old, and come unto the Lord with all your heart, and work out your own salvation with fear and trembling before him. Now Moroni softens his tone and pleads with all of those who suffer from an apostate spirit. Be wise in the days of your probation. Strip yourselves of all uncleanness. Ask not that ye may consume it on your lusts, but ask with a firmness unshaken that ye will yield to no temptation, but that ye will serve the true and living God. See that ye are not baptized unworthily. See that ye partake not of the sacrament of Christ unworthily. But see that ye do all things in worthiness, and do it in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. And if ye do this, and endure to the end, ye will in no wise be cast out. Behold, I speak unto you as though I spake from the dead, for I know that ye shall have my words. Moroni knows that the record of the Nephites will demonstrate how weak they were and how many mistakes they made as a people. Nevertheless, he hopes that modern man will learn from these imperfections and not repeat their mistakes, but be more wise. Condemn me not because of mine imperfection, neither my father because of his imperfection, neither them who have written before him, but rather give thanks unto God that he hath made manifest unto you our imperfections, that ye may learn to be more wise than we have been. And now behold, we have written this record according to our knowledge in the characters which are called among us the reformed Egyptian, being handed down and altered by us according to our manner of speech. Now we have a very precious comment concerning the writings in these records. Moroni verifies that these records were written in, quote, Reformed Egyptian, unquote, for the sake of brevity. However, he feels they could have expressed themselves more completely and accurately in Hebrew if it hadn't required so much space and effort. 
and if our plates had been sufficiently large, we should have written in Hebrew. But the Hebrew hath been altered by us also. And if we could have written in Hebrew, behold, ye would have had no imperfection in our record. But the Lord knoweth the things which we have written, and also that none other people knoweth our language. Therefore he hath prepared means for the interpretation thereof. Moroni confesses that they have labored to write these scriptures for two purposes. The first is because the Lord commanded it, and the second is because the Nephite prophets thought this account of their history would help the Lamanites to be restored to a place of righteous support of God's work when they received these plates in the latter days. He says that if this happens, it will fulfill the prayers of their ancestors and the saints down through the centuries. And these things are written, that we may rid our garments of the blood of our brethren who have dwindled in unbelief. And behold, these things which we have desired concerning our brethren, yea, even their restoration to the knowledge of Christ, are according to the prayers of all the saints who have dwelt in the land. And may the Lord Jesus Christ grant that their prayers may be answered according to their faith. And may God the Father remember the covenant which he hath made with the house of Israel. And may he bless them forever. Through faith on the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We hope you're enjoying this podcast by W. Cleon Skousen. To find additional books and recordings on this and other topics, please visit skousenlibrary.com.